0: Are you in your 20s and just craving more? Well, you are in the right place. Welcome to Seal Your Destiny. My name is Sydney Starrett, an average girl in her 20s with big dreams to inspire others on this journey called life. It's going to be a wild ride and I am so grateful to have you here. This is a safe space where you'll be encouraged to chase your dreams, hear inspiring stories of others, and take control of your life. Ready, set, Seal your destiny. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back. Whether you are listening the day that this was released or many, many months from now, you are here for a reason. I do not believe in coincidences. And so it's my highest intention that you leave here today, gaining some kind of insight and knowledge and feeling inspired to do the work and go within and figure out A little bit more about yourself. The journey never ends on the self-discovery of who you are, but it's a fun ride. And so I encourage you today after listening to this that you um, feel called and want to do a little bit more work on yourself. So today we're going to talk about something called Shadow Values. Shadow Values was coined from Ben Harvey, who is from Australia. It then was taught by Alexandra Joy Smith, who my teacher got this information from. She taught me, and now I am here to teach you about it. So Shadow Values, like anything, were created from ages 0 to 7. If you did not know, by age 7, our brain has pretty much a concrete perception Of the world based on your experiences the previous years. So during this stage of life, our brain is in the theta state, which kind of causes our subconscious, not kind of, it does, our subconscious is a sponge. So any kind of experience, good or bad, our subconscious has stored and interpreted in a way to keep us safe. So the whole point of it is to keep us safe, Um, And there's a lot of things that the subconscious do that's really, really great and powerful. And it, we don't like, I mean, it regulates our blood at constant times. There's things that are going on internally that we don't have to think about and be conscious of that our subconscious takes care of. There's other things that um, we have to do the work on because we are in our subconscious mind 90% of the day. So there is a lot of autopilot going on and if our experiences of the world are concrete by age seven, it's super important that we figure out what those beliefs are and what those experiences were in order to be conscious of them and heal those wounds and triggers in order to be the best version ourselves. That's essentially what I do with my clients. So if you're interested, let me know but an example of how the subconscious mind is used to keep us safe let's say this is a silly example but i hope it gets the point across let's say you were two years old and you were to have gotten attacked by a dog and you might not even remember the incident but in your brain your subconscious mind tells you all dogs are bad so now you're 40 years old and every time you see a dog you could see a little chihuahua actually no no, no offense to chihuahuas, but chihuahuas are scary. <laughs> like, they are, like, vicious. So let's say, let's say you see, like, a little golden retriever at 40 years old. Your brain will still put you in a state of panic, and you will hit that fight-or-flight mechanism, and it's based on something that you don't even remember. So that one incident has now created this belief for your whole entire life. So let's see uh, just a little example of um, – The power of our subconscious, and I will absolutely be doing an episode on conscious versus subconscious here soon because it is so 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 important. So, back to shadow values though, we have shadow values and golden values, and I'm going to dive into shadow values this week because these can sometimes have more power than golden values, especially when you're unaware of them. Because the shadow values are the values that you hide from the world due to shame and guilt. When you think of a shadow, it's that dark, lingering. Thing behind you that kind of blocks your light we refer to shadow and personal development as the opposite of our highest self and when we choose to do an activity that is fulfilling to us not only our golden values are being fulfilled but our shadow values are as well and most of us just aren't aware of that shadow side so there are seven shadow values and there are in no particular order we all have them to a certain extent. There is just some that are um, more apparent in our lives than others. So the seven are attention, which is the need to feel unique or different. Belonging, which is this need for a sense of community and being connected or feeling like part of something bigger. Control, which is being able to influence your circumstances and yourself and others. Sexuality, which is being able to express your sexual desires and or preferences shamelessly. Superiority, being right, or being better than yourself and or others. Validation, which is being important, worthy, or good enough. And then money, which is the desire to be wealthy or feel like you can do and have the power to do whatever you want. So like I said, we all have these seven somewhere, but there's going to be one or two that are just way more important to us and stronger. And that's based on what we lacked as a child. So, what we resist persists, persists, and it's the shame and guilt that was instilled from a younger age that we subconsciously now hold these at a much higher value. So, we can look at this on a micro and macro level. I'm going to give an example of how a macro level can show up, but today we're going to really focus on the micro. So, in Paris, People would talk about sex at the dinner table like they were just talking about the weather. Like it's a super natural um, conversation and everyone does it and it's just who they are. So when they grow up, uh, the sexuality shadow value is probably not going to be as high as someone in America who it's considered more taboo and it's more hush-hush and you're not supposed to talk about that and um, it's just not what we do. So someone in America might have a higher sexuality shadow f- value and feel a little bit more shame and guilt on who they are sexual- sexually because it was not able to be expressed when you were younger. So that's an example of a micro macro. And then today when we look at micro, that's just more depending on the particular experiences that you had and how you interpreted things as a child with your family. So we all have them in the family fact that we're unaware of them is what makes them so powerful because they're influencing our behavior and they're constantly showing up in our lives and if we're not integrating them in a healthy way, it can be super super unhealth- unhealthy so I'm going to give an example of me in my life and hopefully this will resonate with someone or help un- someone understand what theirs are so one of mine is control I really like control. And that is because my parents got divorced as a child. And like any child of divorce, there is not a lot of consistency and things are a lot really up in the air. And you feel like you just don't have that much control on what's going on. You don't have control on where you sleep. You don't have control on if it's your dad's week, if you can see your mom or not, or, um, why isn't your family a family when everyone else's family is together at school. So there's a lot of things as just a child of divorce that you feel like a lack of control. Um, I also was a baby. I was the youngest and only girl of three kids. So I had two little brothers. And so I was constantly having to go to their sporting events or we were just, I was in the car going to the next event uh, and constantly just kind of being drug around everywhere. And it's always a it's a running joke in our family. It's not really funny, but I would always go to my brother's sporting events because I was younger, but they never came to mine. And so I felt like I had no control on what I would do and who would come and see me. So as I got older, I have really craved control. And in an unhealthy way that I used to portray this, And I don't know why this is the only example, like I really couldn't think of another example because I there's plenty of unhealthy ways that I've shown control, but it's with my ex-boyfriend. And there were instances where he would try to help me do laundry or he would want to cook me a meal. And it would be like a really nice, most people would be like, that's great. That's so nice of him. But to me, it would almost put me in a panic because if he didn't fold the laundry exactly how I wanted, or if he didn't you know, cut the vegetables how I would or do cook in the order that I would, I I would freak out and I would just become a bitch. And that sounds so terrible to say, but it's because I felt like I had no control. And that was something that I liked to do and control. So I couldn't even appreciate the fact that he wanted to do something nice for me because I was so set on it being right and in my way. So if you are listening to this, I, am a, I apologize. I don't know where you are right now, but I'm sorry. I'm putting it on record that that was not healthy behavior, and I do apologize. But now, I'm able to um, con- express control in an extremely healthy way. I have my own business. I control how much money I do or don't make. It, I mean, it's ultimately up to me. Uh, I control the hours that I want to put in it every day. I control what it is I do with my time and how and time management, and yeah, that's a lot more responsibility, but that's how I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so happy with my life right now, and it's because I'm able to express that control in a super healthy way. So now, if someone were to try to do something nice for me or cook me a dinner, I would be so grateful and so happy and not think twice of how they were to do it their way because I am able to express and integrate control in a healthy way in another area of my life. Another example, just because we're on the topic of control, that people who have this value can use it in an unhealthy way or healthy way is people with eating disorders. So this would be obviously a very unhealthy um, way to express your control. And if you're unaware of it, then it probably will spiral more because they feel like they don't have much control of the outside world. So they're going to control every little thing that goes inside their body. Or if they want to Uh, spend time working out excessively. That's the one thing they can control. And so it's not healthy and they don't really understand why they crave it so much until they do the work on themselves. So that's unhealthy ways of expressing control. A healthier way would be teaching a workout class and having that one hour where you decide the music, you decide the workout, you decide the tempo, you're able to project your voice and tell a room full of people exactly what to do for a full hour. That is a extreme. That's a, how a lot of people tell my coach, for example, got her sense of controls because she was able to do that. And then when she left, it's kind of like venting. When you left that situation, you feel like you kind of got that part out of you. So now you're able to live, move on with your life and not have to, feel so in control in different ways. I'm going to give one more example that is true for me in hopes that you can see different values in your life. So control is probably my number one. The second highest value I have is validation. And this comes from when I was growing up. My dad Really did not like the type of parents that were like, Oh my gosh, my child. They could be like not the best person on the soccer team, and they were like, My child is the best. Like, they're gonna go to the World Cup, she is the best. And that bothered my dad a lot because it's he. I mean, a lot of kids are just kind of don't want to say this because I'm sounding like my dad, but kind of average. And so, he always told us that, like, not that he never told us that we were not great, but he never told us that we were great. And, you know, if you brought home a B, it's like, why wasn't an A or why wasn't enough? So I felt like I didn't get a lot of validation and feeling like I was good enough as a child. There was always more. I could always have been better. So now growing up, and so this is a perfect example of how a love language might show up from a shadow value. So now I really enjoy words of affirmation because I seek that validation. And validation can be... A tricky one because it can, I think a lot of people have it to an extent because we always are looking for other people to approve of us. So trying to look for happiness in external sources. Now that I've done the work, I know that the only person that can give validation is myself. And I do the work every day. I give myself affirmations. I tell myself I'm doing great and I don't look for it. And the, outside circumstances it's just within me and that's been a really cool journey and I'm so happy that I'm at that point in my life where it's not something that I am constantly looking for but when at the end of the day words of affirmation are still a love language for me so when it is time for me to try to be in a relationship that's something that will be a high priority for me is someone that is willing to give me what I need in order to feel most loved and vice versa. So communication and all, and we can get a whole whole episode on healthy relationships. Um, but that's something that will be something I crave and desire because that's still at the end of the day, a value that I need. Although I'm giving it to myself in more healthier ways now than looking for, you know, the person from high school to tell me that I'm doing okay with who I don't talk to. And I haven't talked to in eight years, but it's just another example. So We need to clarify our shadow values and look at our lives from the perspective of fulfilling them because when you fulfill or neutralize these shadow values, they just become who you are. When you don't integrate them or when you don't, recognize them then they kind of control you like the example of the eating disorder or my example of me snapping when someone was trying to do something nice for me they it, they come out in really unhealthy ways but then when you're able to integrate them it's just who you are you will never be fulfilled if you ignore them you'll only be half the and you'll never be able to be aligned with your true values of your life and in your business so they're super important it's a little bit it's it's not easy because it's sometimes that you have to look, like I said, in the subconscious where there's some things that you don't remember. But if you were to be more conscious in your day-to-day and look inward, you'll be able to see patterns in your everyday life of like what you crave more, or even just looking at the seven, you can probably know, like, okay, yeah, I really like validation, or yeah, you know what, I really do always feel like I need to be out with friends and I need that sense of belonging. So Do the work. If this episode resonated with you at all and you are curious to know more, my email and Instagram are going to be in the show notes. I would be happy to hop on a free discovery call with you to take a deeper dive into your experiences and see what coaching it would be like. I will see you all next week. Have a great week. And I really, really, really encourage you to look inward this week and do the work. I'll see you all next week.